0: Father, we thank you for an opportunity for giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that you will touch our hearts and our minds by your spirit. And that the word will rest into the good soil of our hearts. And that it will grow and that we will gain a greater understanding of your desire for us. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now into the fourth episode of our series called Collapse. And today, in this fourth chapter, Jeremiah, although last week he said something that was kind of hopeful, it's just so many things going on. He, He returns to describing the emotional devastation of the people who are suffering in Jerusalem. Now the thing about suffering, suffering can either lead us to accept God's patient prodding or turn us from him out of bitterness. And so as we look in Lamentations, the fourth chapter today, let us keep that in mind. If you remember, in episode number one, we talked about, do you see what God sees? Episode number two talked about the verdict. Episode number three, we covered the revelation of hope. And this week, today in episode number four, we're going to talk about the point of decision. Episode number four of collapse is the point of decision. And if you're from the country, and the way my grandmother would say it, the parent of decision. Just had to make fun of the southern point. The parent of decision. Let's talk about our definitions. The first definition is collapse. Collapse means to fall together, to fall into an irregular mass through loss of support or rigidity. Figurative sense of coming to nothing or to fail. Some synonyms are cave in, fall in, subside, fall down, sag, slump, settle, give, give way, crumble, crumple, disintegrate, fall to pieces, come apart. That is collapse. Point is an exact place. Decision is determination, as of a question or doubt, final judgment or opinion. And our last definition for today is patience. Patience is the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper, Endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. I'm going to have to say that one again. Please be patient as I review this patience one more time. Patience is the suffering of afflictions, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evil with a calm, unruffled temper. Endurance without murmuring or fretfulness. That's going to be a little hard on some folks' emotions. We're going to be in Lamentations, the fourth chapter. Lamentations, the fourth chapter. Last week, uh, I, we only did eight verses out of the third chapter, even though that is the longest verse, uh, longest chapter. It had 66 verses. I didn't see a way for me to get around, so we're going to do the majority of chapter 4 because we got to really listen to what Jeremiah is saying. We're going to start at Lamentations, the fourth chapter, starting at the third verse. The English Standard Version, he says like this, Even jackals offer the breasts. They nurse their young, but the daughters of my people have become cruel like the ostriches in Wilder, in the wilderness. The tongue of the nursing infant sticks to the roof of its mouth for thirst. The children beg for food, but no one gives to them. Verse number seven says Her princes were purer than snow, whiter than milk. Their bodies were more ruddy than coral. The beauty of their form was like sapphire. Now their face is blacker than soot. They are not recognized in the street. Their skin has shriveled on their bones. It has become as dry wood. Happier were the victims of the sword than the victims of hunger who wasted away. Pierced by lack of the fruits of the field. The hands of compassionate women have boiled their own children. They become their food during the destruction of the daughter of my people. Verse number twelve says, The kings of the earth did not believe, nor any of the inhabitants of the world, that foe or enemy could enter the gates of Jerusalem. This was for the sins of her prophets and the iniquities iniquities, I'm sorry, of her priests, who shed in the midst of her the blood of the righteous. They wandered blind through the streets they were so defiled with blood that no one was able to touch their garments. Away, unclean, people cried at them. Away, away, do not touch. So they became fugitives and wanderers. People said among the nations, they shall stay with us no longer. The Lord himself has scattered them. He will regard them no more. No honor was shown to the priests, no favor to the elders. Our eyes failed, ever watching vainly for help. In our watching, we watched for a nation which could not save. They dogged our steps so that we could not walk in our streets. Our end drew near, our days were numbered, for our end had come. Verse 21 and 22 says this, Rejoice and be glad, O daughter of Eden, you who dwell in the land of Us. but to you also the cup shall pass. You shall become drunk and strip yourselves bare. The punishment of your iniquity, O daughter of Zion, is accomplished. He will keep you in exile no longer, but your iniquity, O daughter of Eng- uh, Edom." He will punish. He will uncover your sins. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soul of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. Now, I had to do all that because it becomes very imperative that we understand how their attitude was about them going through because of what they did. Now remember this, this, is, this was something that God told them, if you do what I tell you, you'll have good things. You don't do what I tell you, you won't have good things. And as they began, they, they walked on the side of following after what God said, but over time they liked what everybody else was doing. There's a saying that says, get bitter or get better. Get bitter or get better. Now, when God allows suffering in our lives, we can, if you remember last week, we, talk, we talked about how we have to test, we have to evaluate ourselves and make sure that we're going in the proper direction. And so we can look at a situation and use it as an opportunity to such our hearts, or we can do like they did in this fourth chapter. We can allow the grief and the suffering to harden our hearts, and it makes us act and look like people we don't even recognize. I don't know if you have the opportunity to ever see someone who has dealt in mess. And they became addicted to the methamphetamine situation. And they show pictures of before they got involved with meth compared to when they become addicted. And it looks like it's too different people. In fact, when I was reading this, that's what went through my mind, how everybody looked so good and handsome, but as they start going through, they got ugly. They got so ugly that nobody wanted to hang around them. Uh, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if you've ever seen a person that has, is going through the situation of meth. But it causes the teeth to... Fall out. It causes your eyes to become swollen or sometimes sunken in. It causes your skin to just get leathery. Leather, leathery? Leather looking. And it just makes you look as if you're a whole different person. But not only does it change your physical appearance, it changes your mind also. When we had the epidemic with crack cocaine, one of, the situ- one of the things that folks used to always talk about is that you had to make sure that if you had a relative that was on crack, that you had everything bolted down in your house, number one. Number two, that you never left them alone in your house. Because although they knew that was your house and you were their family, they would do things that would cause you to say, That crackhead done took my stuff. Mm. And so we can see how if we don't allow, if we allow ourselves to get bitter, if we allow ourselves to get uh, full of grief and and, and, and we allow it to harden our hearts, it will cause us to have a change, a depressive change. It will cause us to uh, give up if you, if, I don't know if you caught it, but the folks got in such a desperate state that they were cooking their dead babies and eating them. They were in, s- the things that they, if they were in their right mind, they wouldn't do, they were doing them. But God wants us to look at this and see that The purpose of this is not punishment, but the purpose of this is is to push us to a point where we say, I got to do better. I got to do better. Because if I don't do better, I am going to kill myself. This is the... Next thing after Jeremiah has said we have hope, and we have to test ourselves, we have to evaluate ourselves, and we have to push ourselves to live a life based upon God's word. And as we continue to journey down this fourth chapter of Lamentations, we get to the point where it talks about how we get so prideful even though we are in a bad state. I don't know what, how you have, have done this. You know what? Sometimes I, when I go through a situation, I ask myself, why, why, how could this happen to me? I done A, B, C, and D, and and why is this happening to me? What we have today, what we have established in our mindset today, that if we are serving God, then that means only good can happen to us. And if good ain't happening to us, then something wrong with God. Yeah, hear what I say. We call it practical deists, that we, have, we only see God as a person that is supposed to meet our needs. That's all God's purpose. God, you meet my need. God, I need this. We talked about that during prayer, how sometimes all we pray is the laundry list of things that God needs to do. We never acknowledge Him. We never point to Him. We never uh, uh, give Him the credit that is due to Him. That if you haven't done anything else, you've done more than enough. And so we have this mindset today that, that God owes All of us, except the most villainous people, the worst people, that God don't owe them anything, but me, because I'm not a bad person, God owes me a comfortable life. Mm. And so what this does, guess what it does? It causes us to be disillusioned. It causes us to be messed up in our own heads. It causes us to realize that God is missing out on what he's supposed to be doing for me. But I want to tell you that life is nasty. Life is hard. Life always feels like it's too short. Some of us that have lived for a few minutes sometimes reflect back and say, man, I wish I could relive an earlier time. In my life, I wish I had the strength of an earlier time of my life. I wish I had the responsibilities that I thought was overwhelming at that time, but I wish I had those responsibilities now. All you got to do is get up and go to school and come home and do your homework. That don't work now. Now you got to go to work and come home and help the kids with their homework that you don't even understand. you got to go look on YouTube to figure it out so you can help them. And even YouTube got you confused. Sure. <laughs> so now we have this situation where things are not easy. But what Jeremiah was explaining to us, what Jer- Jeremiah was encouraging us is, even in the midst of that, you have hope if you trust in God. So when you have a presumption, when you just presume that you're going to have a spiritual entitlement just because you are in Christ Jesus, you are dooming yourself to a life of confusion when things in life inevitably go wrong. I remember uh, talking to a person and they they were telling us about some situations that they were going through they're talking to me and lady yolanda and what what the one thing that stood out in my mind as we were talking to this person they said i did everything that they told me that i was supposed to do and things still went wrong and i heard what they were saying they were saying The church told me that if I do A, B, C, and D, everything was going to be all right. But see, their definition of all right and my definition of all right was not the same definition of all right. My definition of all right was I wasn't going to go through nothing and it was going to be easy like a Sunday morning. But what had happened was they caused me to have a misconception of how God operates in my life, and we're going to hit that next Sunday. When we realize what God is doing, then it's easier for us to do what we need to do. But when we have this misconception that God is going to make it easy, you know, call on, uh, what it says, say, accept Jesus in your life, and everything will be all right. Now, my version of all right is that I'm going to have my money in my account, my wife gonna do whatever I tell her to do. My children gonna do whatever they, I tell them to do. And I don't, you know, two of them is already already jacked up. I, I ain't that ain't nowhere getting close. And my job is gonna do, you know, gonna promote me because I'm the best at the job. All this stuff, and then you get home, and your wife say you think you know everything, and you don't know nothing. The children be like. I, I did my homework in lying because they, they want to play their video games and the job is like we demoting you because you ain't doing what we told you to do in the first place. But I accepted Jesus so y'all folks are supposed to be doing what I want. Okay. But there is a misconception. There is an inter deception that we have and I told you that self-deception is the worst level of deception. Because we feel entitled, because we have accepted Jesus in our life, we are entitled to certain things. The one thing that we are entitled to, truly, is that we are in the kingdom of God. The rest of the stuff, the rest of the uh, assumption or presumption is just that. Because you are part of a family does not mean that everybody else is going to give up on causing you grief. In fact, because you are a part of a certain family, some folks go out of their way to cause you grief. Uh, If you have a certain name and that name is equated with something, that means that folks will see you as doing whatever it is That it is. I remember there was a a, a movie called Romeo Must Die. In this movie called Romeo Must Die. I'm going to go down this alley just for a minute. In this movie Romeo Must Die, the gang-banging dad decided that he wanted to make a way for his children to go and have legal jobs and do legal things. And they were trying to. But, you know, you always had that person... That loves being what you currently are. and that's His right-hand man didn't want to go and be an owner of an NFL stadium. He wanted to still be a gangster. So he betrayed him. And, and, and it, you know, it's just like the, uh, um, the play Julius Caesar. E2, Brutus? Even the cl- person that was close to him betrayed him because... This is how I want it to be. But the presumption was, if I make everything better, everything is going to be all right. But that was a bad presumption. And if we look at, if if we were to take the time today and jump back to verse number 18. It says, they dogged our steps so we could not walk in our streets. Our end drew near. Our days were numbered for our end had come. There was a TV show called Hee Haw. Hee Haw had this one segment where these two folks would stand up and they would with sad faces, they would say, gloom, despair, and agony on me. And then they had some other things I can't think of right now. But it was just a bad situation. That verse number 18 is talking about the utter despair and hopelessness that they are going through at this moment. They are going through a situation whereby things are going badly. They are going through things that are painful. They are going through things that are causing them to give up all levels of hope. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. And then finally we see as he's closing out this. Section. We see in verse number 21 and 22, we see how when we go through a situation and we are suffering, that what we begin to see is we become vengeful, that we begin to attack others, as we begin to Uh, want others to feel the pain that we feel. We begin to act in a way that does not give God glory. And so we have to come to this point where we can allow ourselves to be bitter or we can allow ourselves to get better. We can allow ourselves to get bitter or we can get better. And so, what we want to talk about is how, if we allow ourselves to get into this utter despair and hopelessness, the Bible talks about we have this, what's called a root of bitterness. Now, a root of bitterness does not necessarily mean anger hopelessness, and despair, what it means in the Bible is where we have become so presumptuous that we do not see things for what they are. The root of bitterness is that we just assume that everything is going to be all right, And we just believe that this should have happened to someone else. It shouldn't have happened to me. And we begin to not see what God is doing. We do not see what God is working. We cannot see it because I don't need to see it because I'm already in the right spot with God. But as the children of Israel discovered, just because you think you're right don't necessarily mean you're right. Just because you want to be right, don't necessarily mean you're right. Amen. We have to pursue, we have to show effort, we have to work. Uh, uh, Paul said it like this, he says that you have to work out your own soul salvation with fear and trembling. If this is a work, it's not something that you just sit back and fold your arms and say, because I'm in Jesus, that's enough. No, there's a process that you have to go through. So today we want to just emphasize to you that you are at a point of decision. That you are at the exact place that a decision needs to be made. You are at that point right now that you have to decide whether I'm going to be bitter and presumptuous and just say, God, you just need to do what you need to do because it ain't my fault. Or you need to get better and say, God, what is it that I need to move toward, and go towards in order to get to where you're trying to prod me to be. Because sometimes God's saying, it's just like our parents. When our parents say, you might want to go ahead and wash the dishes, we'll sit there and we'll say, okay. But when they say, if you don't get your behind up and get them dishes done, something going to fall on you and it is not going to be a blanket. <laughs> Sometimes God allows situations in our lives to become adverse to us in order for us to make to come to the point of decision where we are going to do what God wants us to do or we're going to be presumptuous and say because I'm in God, God's going to take care of everything for me. I've heard the expression, you need to go wash them dishes because them dishes ain't going to wash themselves. And in the mind, the children said, they will if you put them in the dishwasher. But they didn't say it out loud. because we want to keep as many children on this earth as possible. So whoever heard that on Facebook, do not say that to your parents, because I, I don't want to have to do a ceremony, a memorial ceremony for you, because of a closed s- situation. We want to come to the point of decision where our decisions are for what God is doing in our lives. And not us focusing so much on our lives and how we want to keep our lives as they are. Because that really becomes the final point. That the children of Israel decided that we can be like everybody else because we are God's people. But God said, no, I don't want you to be like anybody else. I have a way for you to go. And so we can choose to be like everybody else around us. Or we can go in the way that God will have for us to go. He says, if you go the way that I have for you to go, it will be full of blessings. Now he did not say it was gonna be full of easy. He said it's gonna be full of blessings. Sometimes you gotta do some work in order for the blessings to come your way. Amen. And so we have to grab a hold of this and not allow ourselves to get flustered and frustrated and, and, and hopeless and just say, God, you should be working this out for me. But there's some things that he needs for us to do to activate him working and operating in our lives. So we have to come to a point of decision. Now today, we didn't get a chance to celebrate and be focused on how much God has done or can do for us. Today we had to look at, we make assumptions that causes us to be presumptuous and think that God's just going to work it out because that's what we want to have God to do. But in working out, God has decided that there's sometimes some pain that we need to go through or some prodding that we have to be pushed to in order for him to put us in a position that he needs for us to be in. Or we can stay in the prodding phase and it becomes worse and worse and worse. Why? Because we won't make up our mind to do what's better instead of becoming bitter. So I would want you to encourage you, desire for you to make this point of decision for yourself today to pursue the better and not the bitter. Make the decision because you're at that point, the exact location to make a decision. Now if you have not accepted Christ in your life, um, there is a situation where we have to get that in position first because Getting that in position first in your life is (laughs) the starting step. There is an amazing opportunity for you if you accept Christ in your life. You get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. And admission to the kingdom of heaven is not a hard thing. Admission requires that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and the Bible says you shall be saved. So confessing, believing are key elements. Not presuming, but believing and confessing. And once you've done that, you now realize that you are on a journey whereby God is making you better and better. But there will be some situations that may come your way that will try to make you bitter, but you are going to follow the better direction. So if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to do it today. The Bible says that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not a hard or complex thing. It is a decision. And you are at that point. And we want to encourage you today to make the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if you have made that decision today, this is what I want you to do. I want you to let us know here at God's House Christian Church by emailing us at info at God's house cc Com. Let us know that you accepted Jesus. We're going to come along beside you and assist you along this journey because, as I said before, this is not an individual sport. This is a team event, and we want to assist you in crossing the finish line of life. So let us know, info at godshousecc.com, and we will do everything within our ability to assist you along this journey. All right? All right? All right. Well, friends and family, that's it for this week. You are now at the point of decision. I hope that you make the decision to get better instead of bitter. Make the decision to be better instead of bitter. Do not look at the situation in that it's all against you, but look at the situation as how it's pushing you to be more like Christ Jesus. Our last and final episode is next Sunday. And it is going, uh, you know what? It is going to be a good one. I'm telling you, you really don't want to miss it. So come, tune in next week, and we will hit you with that one. With that said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you. In Jesus' name. we